Welcome to the Wages of Cinema, where we go higher, further, and faster. Woohoo! Yeah, I actually got it all right on the second take. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> when I said off mic that that was like, is that canon? I also meant, is that in the comics too? Yes. Higher, for Why though? Because they were doing a whole rebrand thing for her being Captain Marvel, and they figured that she needed a tagline. Okay. <laughs> I guess that makes as much sense as anything. So welcome back. Well, long uh, after a long wait, we are back to talk about movie uh, or something that is shaped like a movie. We'll we'll figure out if it actually is even a movie. I'll uh, race her head, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I thought you would get you would like that joke. <laughs> that laugh you just heard was my dear wife and. Trash Panda Cory. Trash Panda Cory is back, as well as guest star Matt. Howdy. Howdy. And we are talking about the uh, 187th uh, Marvel property. Uh, <laughs> it feels like that. Uh, the Marvels. Uh, the new Marvel. The Marvels. 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 I, I feel like I should be shaking hand like doctor. 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 Professor Marvel. Professor Marvel. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, so where to start with this, uh, eh. good night everyone, alright. Can I start with this? You, you looked like you had a lot to say in the car ride back and you were already whispering some uh, very dramatic things at, in the end credits to me, so yeah, Corey, why don't you start? All right. Now, what I'm about to say might be infected with recency bias because obviously I do not rewatch movies I don't like. So, for instance, I've never rewatched like The Incredible Hulk or Thor The Dark World or the first Captain America movie. Or even Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I like that movie, but I never rewatch it. I've never rewatched like Shang-Chi or Thor Love and Thunder. So, anyway. What I'm about to say might have some recency bias to it, but with that being said, this is easily the worst Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. This movie's an embarrassment. It's like not a movie. These people should be ashamed of themselves. This script is horrendous. Why didn't they just make a Miss Marvel movie? I wanted to stage like a humanitarian intervention to rescue Miss Marvel from this awful movie. Because Miss Marvel is a really good character, and I really liked the Miss Marvel TV show. This movie is embarrassing. Wow. Like, wow. I cannot believe the staggering lack of effort evident in every aspect of this production. Corey, Corey, tell us how you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will echo some of those sentiments. I, I don't think this is a very good movie. I don't think it's... Now, I will also probably rank it in the bottom level of of marvel overall movies but i don't hate this movie i hate this movie i i feel in some ways about it like the way when we talked about the flash uh last summer i thought you know that was also incredibly uh, to, to 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 quote the great immortal joe thoroughly mediocre <laughs> <laughs> but it had certain charming moments that kept me from like wanting to like flee the theater and and a big part of that as you were mentioning is um Iman, Iman Vellani as uh Miss Marvel save Miss like, Marvel like she is like the absolute like miraculous beacon of light that this movie needs to at least kind of hold together and otherwise is just like I don't even think like it's a total mess it's just very basic, like an ABC sitcom version of itself most of the time until it has to get like dramatic and it gets to be like way too like Power Rangers. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, Matt. That kind of makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Now, where are you lie on this movie? Oh. I, I hope we're not coming in too hot on this. No, no. Um, I came in with low expectations hearing about like the troubled production on it and things like that nature, but then I watched it. And I thought it was okay. 
I'm fine with this movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I accept that oh some boy. movies are not bad and some movies are not excellent. That they're just a lot in the middle, and that's good. Yeah, you're, you're. I think we've quoted this Mitch Hedberg line before. Like, I, I see a movie and I either love it or I hate it or I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am. Some parts of this are okay. Uh, it's just some of it is also like. It's just you're giving all the characters so much exposition, and I'm not even sure where we're going with it. I mean, do we even try to break down the story? Does it even matter? I don't think I could spoil this movie if I wanted to, to be honest. Like, uh, I guess we should give a spoiler warning because I want to be able to talk freely. Well, before we could do that, uh, yeah, but. Um, I mean, basically, if you're wondering where, how, what this movie is, I mean, maybe you should watch Miss Marvel, the TV Definitely show first. Miss Marvel, yeah, yeah, and watch WandaVision as well. Do but you think you'd have to watch WandaVision I, though to get it too? You should understand Monica and what she I, does. I mean, it's I a guess good show. you should watch it. No, well, I get in terms of the relevancy on the movie, I feel like. Obviously, you should, you know, Captain Marvel would be the prerequisite before the Marvels. But I feel like Miss Marvel is a little more important more than important, WandaVision. Yes. But I think that they're both good to watch because they're superior to the Marvels. So, you know, you're going to have a better time watching them first. The funny thing was, too, before we get into full spoilers, um, I almost forgot, like, even though I'd watched WandaVision only, like, two and a half years ago or three years ago now... I'd kind of forgotten some of the things that happened to Monica Rambeau about like how she even got most of her powers. I knew like, as she said, says in almost a funny throwaway line. Yeah. I kind of went through this thing and it gave me powers. Yeah. Although you shouldn't watch secret invasion because it's terrible. <laughs> if you want to lower your expectations, go watch that. And then this will look amazing in comparison. So I think that's possibly why I didn't hate it as much as you two did. Uh, so, like, you know, it, it's a really bad miniseries. But at, and you don't need to watch it to understand what's going on with the Scrolls well, or Nick Fury. But, yeah. you know, it's an, it's an option if you hate yourself. Well, we saw the first episode, Corey and I did, and we both were like, eh. The first episode of Secret Invasion was very boring. But, so we never watched the rest when it got terrible reviews. But yeah. I would, I'm... I, you, I feel like you should definitely watch Miss Marvel, both to set up Kamala Khan and because it's a good show. Yeah. And WandaVision, all these shows later, WandaVision is still my favorite MCU show. Um, I don't know how you two feel, but... I would still rank the first season of Loki a tiny bit above it, but WandaVision's up there. What's okay. your favorite MCU show? Probably WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision, I think, is the best of the MCU shows, and... I liked Monica in WandaVision. Uh, I liked her in WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? So let's get into. We well, let's not spoil any time because there's a you know there's a lot of like bullshit to break down in this movie, and also you know a couple of fun things to break down. So let's just say spoilers if you haven't seen uh, the Marvels yet. You know, uh, well, step away, and I guess. Watch it if you want. You could also watch The Marvelous Miss Maisel if you're talking about the Marvelous <laughs> things. Yes, watch The Marvelous Miss This movie plunged me into an existential uh, uh, crisis. Uh, okay, okay. Let's get into the spoilers now. All right. Why your existential crisis? Why this movie? Why is this the one that had you, like, The Flash did for a lot of people? Okay. You said I whispered in your ear during the closing credits, and that's true. And something I said to you multiple times over the space of a very short period of time is, what are we doing here? What is this movie trying to accomplish? Why are we here besides the fact that the MCU is feels an obligation to produce a movie-shaped product every X number of years involving yeah. these characters? I mean, the plot is gibberish most of the characters are terminally uninteresting nothing has any stakes but 
I, you know, I can enjoy a light movie. I can enjoy a romp. But the movie isn't that funny either. About like eight minutes of the movie are funny. Like legitimately funny. So any gesture at dramatic stakes is a total failure. Um, mm. There's no stakes. It's only yeah. intermittently funny. Yeah. Why are we here? Uh, here's why I'd say I think within the like scope of the move of the movie that it's trying to be like I understood it's the story I could base I could get a grasp on. It's just but as you said like where are the stakes because we know how powerful Miss Marvel is and I think what the movie almost crept up to being almost interesting it didn't quite get there but it was almost an interesting interrogation of like how her power can you know have a negative effect on you know of other people when she you know and what she dealt with that but at the same time it's it has to involve these other parts like the you know because there's the whole antagonist of this movie it has to center on like something you know yeah, that you know, Captain Marvel did bad against her against uh, you know Darbin Darburn Darben is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Darbin. 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 <laughs> or is it in Minnesota? Durbin. So Azawi so, uh, so Ashton, her character, it the but the problem is like I feel like where was that other piece? Like, was that in another movie? Was that in another show? I don't know. I mean, Matt, like, was I supposed to feel something about this? No, because this is all stuff that happened in a flashback off screen. Oh, my. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, wh why do I care that much about what's happening with her? And that's that's the that's the problem of the movie. I don't give a shit about the villain. And I clear in that. That from that a lot of that what you said gibberish I I, I kind of get Corey although I don't I think it was less gibberish that bothered me that it was more like simplistic if that makes sense I like I thought it was almost too simple like the th the thread of the movie it, it but filled with some exposition that was a little bit like jargony yeah the exposition was jargony. But the, I think the actual plot was basic to the point of reading like an outline to a movie and not a movie. But I'm probably coming in too hot. Matt, if yeah. you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about why you actually like this movie, please. Um, I'm coming in too hot. Okay, well, first of all, Kamala Khan is awesome and yes. perfectly cast. Yes. And she's a delight. Yes. She is. And, yes, um, so uh, otherwise we had, um, I like... They had a, a singing planet that was creative. I hadn't seen that in a Marvel movie before, and they just had decided to have a musical number. And even though it wasn't like the best, it, it was a little rushed. Yeah, but I mean, it, at least it existed. I like see what they should see. That was one thing where, like, I saw like, ooh, this looks like we're gonna get. Maybe we could have like a really good, like, extravagant, like, escapist moment. But even then, it felt like the plot was still having to like gallop along, and it's like just when you think you're about to kind of ease into like a good like long musical number or something, it it then gets back to the plot, and it's not as interesting. Yeah. And most importantly, he had so many flirting kitties. <laughs> they were adorable. They ate everyone. The, the, that's that's the funniest set piece of the movie. Like you see, so you didn't like that scene. It's okay. <laughs> it, it it was definitely a much more legit version of cats than the actual well, movie I we can got. Say <laughs> that scene was better than almost any other scene in the movie. I will say that. Yes, that was And I know you I was actually looking forward to the singing planet going into it, but I feel like it was a real wasted opportunity. Like even Thor Love and Thunder, a movie I also did not like did a much better job, like, when it went to the God Planet and you had, like, Russell Crowe hamming it up. Or I couldn't help but compare it to, Jack, you mentioned Across the Spider-Verse. Or even, um, we are defenders of Eternals. I think Eternals, while flawed, is actually a pretty good movie. 
Um, I even thought of like the Bollywood number in Eternals, and I was like, you know, they put a lot more uh, effort into that than they did into this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's and that's why, and also it felt like uh, there was another actor in that Singing Planet sequence, uh, um, Park uh, Sejun. Park Sejun, and like. Corey, actually, you were actually really excited to see him in the movie. Like, should you tell the listeners why? Okay, so for the past maybe like two years or so, I have made Korean television my entire personality. <laughs> like, you, to, to use a Lindsay Ellis expression, you've made it your brand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like the degree of investment I have in K drama is, is frankly like cringe and embarrassing. And Park Seo Joon is a big star in South Korea, so I have seen dramas of his. I've I have watched two dramas of his where he was the male lead. What's Wrong with Secretary Kim and Fight for My Way. Great shows. I highly recommend them both. I also, he played a supporting role in a show called Kill Me, Heal Me that is very popular and acclaimed, but I personally didn't like it. I watched four episodes and dropped it. Oh, five episodes and dropped it. So I had some familiarity with Park Seo Joon because between What's Wrong with Secretary Kim and Fight for My Way, I've watched 32 hours of this man in a leading role. (laughs) And he's a great actor, very charismatic, and he's great at, like, playing drama, at playing romance, playing comedy. A very talented and versatile actor. And to be honest, I don't know why they bothered, like, importing a foreign actor to say, like, four lines in three minutes. Like, was there not just some random American they could have picked up off the street to do that? it's fan service. (laughs) <laughs> for, for South Korean audiences. You want that Korean box office money. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that they'll get it for them. I don't, again, I don't have the attachment that you do to, to him in this. I felt like he also, that character, they built him up a lot and then... He just kind of disappears. Yeah, he kind of disappears. Like, it, it could have been fun if maybe, like, he had somehow gotten roped into... Like their, you know, the, the you know the Mar- like the Marvel's whole like trip, like you know their their entire plot that could have added an interesting flavor to it. And instead, it's kind of like, oh yeah, Captain Marvel had to get married once, so like an uh, you know, it's just an official thing, blah blah blah. And and but then it's again, it's over. It, it feels like one of those moments, like I don't know, like to give like a Bollywood example, actually. If, like, Amir Khan had shown up in the movie and had, like, two lines. Yeah, I just... It's like... Oh, no, no. Here's a better example. It's like when... Do you remember Anthony Stewart Head is in, like, literally, like, five seconds of Sweeney Todd? Oh, yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Almost nobody remembers that. And I remember we saw the movie and you were like... (gasps) (laughs) He was supposed to sing the the intro song, but they cut it. And that's why he's just Uh... there. So yeah, I thought it was a little odd that they cast this guy who is a big star in another country and didn't use him. And I understand he's not a star in America. He's a star in South Korea. Mm -hmm. But it felt like they did so little with the character that they could have taken literally any, like, minimally competent working actor. And it's another, for me, manifestation of the wasted potential of the song planet. And it also... Um, taps into like a larger problem I had with the movie, which was that going into this, to be honest, Captain Marvel was pretty low on my list of like favorite characters of the MCU. Yeah. I liked the first Captain Marvel movie. I did. Yeah. I liked it. Good movie. But I never... You, you can go back to our episode. Let's do our review of that. I never warmed very much to Captain Marvel as, as a character yeah. because she's very like stiff and wooden and like oh. self-contained. Okay. But I still liked Brie Larson's performance of the character in other movies, even hmm. though I wasn't very warm on the character. This time, and I hate saying this because I really like Brie Larson, I thought she was totally mailing it in on like an uh, acting level. See, see, I don't know about that. I I I kind of feel like she was uh I actually think her character had got to have a little more personality in some parts. Uh, the prop, like she was trying to have like a slightly more com- like light dynamic with 
um, with the other characters. But the problem was that it felt like Larson was phoning it in a little bit. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Performance how... really didn't work for me this time. I didn't. I didn't really feel either the comedy or the like brief attempts at like angst. Yeah, I'm not gonna say her her performance like you know was uh, you know like a, a crime like Simu Lu. <laughs> <laughs> but a little. I don't know. Do you feel at all you like think? we think, or I, do you think she was fine? I thought that she was okay given what she was given, but like she's trying to like underplay things to get like more naturalistic, I thought, but then like it didn't really kind of work with like the big spacey stuff going around. Like, I don't know if I saw much, up. I don't know if I saw naturalistic. Maybe, I don't know I, what I'm saying. It was like, she's, there was trying to be, there was like an attempt of her awkwardness relating to Monica, and that was like kind of. Yeah, well, that, well, that's a big thing in the movie. I think that's. I think they were trying to make that part of the heart of the film and that just it that didn't quite work for me either like and I, I don't blame Tayona Paris cuz I think she was also she was the one, she was trying to give like the best that she could but I think also the material was very much like why didn't you come home and see us you know we're family and I wanted to you know but the a little thing was going off in my head like Hey, uh, she's Captain Marvel. She has like many other things to worry about in the universe. Like one family, it's it's not gonna be like always on her mind. That was so forced. It reminded me of in Quantum Media again, which is a movie I liked, but it had those like two scenes where at Ant Man's daughter <sighs> was being super cringe, like bratty teenager when her father is. The person that kicked off, like, the resurrection of half of all life on Earth. I just didn't buy the you abandoned me angst. I think one of the things that has hurt Marvel as they've been spread thin through so many properties is that they don't have the time to build up enough of these relationships so that I care. Like... I don't really care about the relationship between Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau. They just didn't do the work. I said this with Thor yeah. 11 Thunder too, where like, I didn't care about the romance between Thor and Jane. You got to do the work. I mean, there's a reason I was crying at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And this movie sent me into a fit of like existential despair. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I it was hard for me to get that upset because it's just there's nothing to get that mad about. It's like there was no moment in this movie like I had like when we saw the Flash where I where they had the Nicolas Cage scene where I was sitting there like ah <laughs> and maybe that was an overreaction at the time, but that whole entire set piece was like one of the most horrific things I have seen in a movie. And granted you haven't seen that Corey. So you were kind of spared the thing. Like, again, I, I know I said this already, but it's just, it, it felt like a, it's, it's ironic that we were, you know, we were just talking about WandaVision and how, you know, strong that was. And, you know, like also Loki to an extent. And this feels more like the TV version of itself than, those shows did as shows, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, because it's like you're operating like Feige is operating at this level with this production. Like you might as well put in a laugh track, you know, like, and I don't mean like, you know, in even the stuff with the cats that I liked, there were other parts of that, like on the ship, like Nick Fury is basically like the, he's, he's to this movie. Like when you watch home improvement and you have like, what th that character behind like the fence, you know, like wacky, like neighbor guy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Does that make sense to that, you? Matt? That makes sense. I think a lot of the problem is that they sort of screwed over Carol Danvers in the MCU because they made her first movie a prequel, but they had it set it so far back. And then she just comes in the present. So then like, they said like, okay, Captain Marvel is doing stuff 
in space in the past and we're not going to show you any of that and so basically so every time she shows up we are missing big chunks of her character development and also brie larson is not getting to like connect with her character's progress through that time so each time she shows up she just kind of like uh okay what am i doing so that's kind of a, a, a knock against like how she can react to the material she's given because they're, they don't obviously have like, oh, and like 30 years ago, she did this mission and that mission. Yeah, and so like, right. you know, there's nothing really to inform it, the character. She's all that, empty reputation. That, that's, that's the thing. I mean, her, her, the, it's supposed to be this deep thing in this movie that she's called the Annihilator. Mm-hmm. Like on this planet, uh, what was it? Hollow? Hala. A hala. I, I wanted a piece of hala watching this. <laughs> that would have made it better. Um, <laughs> I love hala. Uh, the food, not not the planet. But um, that's meant to be like one of these. And I, I'm trying to think of another movie. And I'm sure kind of not entirely like this. But like when, you know, back in the golden age of the. I say golden age. But like back when Tony Stark had those moments where it's like oh he you know really caused this horrific thing to happen and now you know you reap what you sow but you're right but to you what what you said Corey, they haven't done the work it's like i don't feel the dread that i should feel between um you know uh carol danvers and uh and you know Darbin, you know I don't feel that thing, and, and so she just comes in and is, you know, like villain of the week. You called her a Power Rangers villain. And- yeah, that's so much that vibe. She, you know, not not to that energy. And God, I wish she had that, but yeah, she felt like a weak ass Power Rangers villain. But yeah, this movie was completely incapable of grappling with something like Carol Danvers thinking maybe I'm the baddie and. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> that that chest. I'm down with some am I the baddie angst. I mean, I also feel like I say in almost every one of these reviews, Civil War is my favorite Marvel movie. So I am totally down if you want to have some like are we the baddies angst <clears throat> because literally my favorite Marvel movie is like all angst between the it, superheroes. Yeah. But you have to actually like Put your back into it. Maybe this movie just, maybe it would have been better if they had embraced like more fully the lightness of it. And I'm not, I don't think this has quite the tonal problem of love and thunder. Although on the other hand, there's nothing, there's nothing in this movie as memorable as Chris, like Christian Bale in that movie was like, he was definitely going for it. Like there's no one, you know, except for, you know, as much as I like, uh, Iman like, there's no one really going for it in this movie. Do you know my alternate version of this movie? What? Um, Miss Marvel has an adventure on the song planet. Yes. And that's yeah. the entire movie. Um, I also said that maybe it would have given like Carol Danvers a bit more to work with. And if she'd actually like had an actual relationship with the prince, it wasn't just a marriage of convenience. And I was bringing into that my knowledge of how well Park So June can generate romantic chemistry. Because mm. let me tell you, those couples and what's wrong with Secretary Kim and fight for my it, way, it's good stuff. As as you said, not one but two showers. I've seen, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that man take a shower. Trust me, like he can generate heat. If if anyone, if any of our <laughs> South Korean listeners have seen uh, any of those shower scenes and felt feelings, email us at wagescinema@gmail.com. So I thought that was a way maybe to make the character more interesting. But honestly, at the core, I just want an entirely different movie. I just want like Miss Marvel hanging out on a wacky planet. Yeah. Now, see, I have a theory about the arranged marriage thing, because okay. I don't know how terminally online either of you are about this. Well, uh, is there a theory to this? No, no, no. There's a theory I came up with now. Okay. okay. Please. Okay. So, because when the first Ms. Marvel came out, there was a contingent of fans who saw this and were like, oh, Ms. Marvel's a lesbian. And they were really down <sighs> on that. And then so... oh, they Sorry, st- I-, I had to groan at that. Because, like... Yeah, so they were like, okay, so she's with Maria or um, Wendy Lawson, one of those. Those are her, that's her girlfriend. And then, of course, the movie didn't outright say either of those things. And then all, then later on, 
Um, they saw Brie Larson and Tessa, Tar- Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Oh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Thompson okay. are good pals, and they uh. started shipping in Captain Marvel with Valkyrie because at the time Valkyrie uh, Tessa was saying like, you know, Valkyrie's gonna have like a big love subplot in mm. Love and Thunder. So they said, oh, okay, we'll get those two together, and we'll have like you know a, a major lesbian character in the MCU. But then you know Marvel. I mean, Carol's not actually like a lesbian in the comics at the moment. Or she's not officially bisexual either. So and then there's a lot of people who like had massive hate boners for Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, the concept. And they're also the people who are on like the homophobic side of things. So anything like to that nature will get them ticked off. But then like the people that did like the movie were like, oh yeah, sure, she could be like bisexual or gay or whatever. That yeah, bring that on. Yes, pander okay. to us because we're the people who actually like the, the character in the movie. But then, you know, Marvel being corporately owned by Disney, they want to say like, okay, well, we want to keep everybody happy, so we'll have a guy there that she could kind of romance, but it's an arranged relationship but she's not really into, so you could read into that, oh, she just did it because she's gay, but like, you know, she's not out or something, so we'll just like subtextually put this in so it won't necessarily piss off the people that want lesbian, bisexual Captain Marvel, but we won't also piss off the people who want who are heterosexual Captain Marvel. So it's a oh, way to hedge their bets. I get it. So basically you're saying the people making the movie are stuck between a rock and a hard place. You've got like homophobes on one side, lesbian shippers on the other side. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Huh. Okay. Do you know what this reminds me of a little bit actually? And Jack, I'm sorry you won't understand this that's reference. Okay. It reminds me a little bit of the difficulties of writing romantic plot lines in Supergirl. Yes where Matt and I have watched Supergirl, and I know there was a very fervent contingent of people who shipped Supergirl with Lena Luthor. You would be one of these people. Yeah, the so-called Supercorp people. And I, now, it's hard to tell online whether people are, like, numerous or just loud. But I got this sense that, like, the Super Court people were, like, really into it. And they were, like, a significant contingent of the fandom of the show. Would that be accurate? That's what I gleaned, yes. So I kind of felt like Supergirl was in that same bind where they didn't want to alienate the significant contingent of their fan base that was pro-Supercorp. Um, but... They also didn't want to potentially alienate people who would be offended by Supergirl being in a lesbian relationship. So that in turn led, in my opinion, to some very unsatisfactory um, romance writing within mm. Supergirl. Like, the less we can say about Mon L, the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Supergirl, like, I have to clue Jack in on this. Ma, ma, um, ma, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Mon L sounds like uh, a good getaway. Supergirl <laughs> dated this guy named Mon L, and their relationship to me was pretty obnoxious because Mon L was kind of like a jerk. And then he left the show, and they brought him back later on, not to date Supergirl. In fact, he had a wife. And when they brought him back, they didn't make him a jerk anymore. But when they took away him being a jerk, they left it so he had no personality whatsoever. Uh. It was like he was either a jerk or a block of wood. Wow. And they kind of did this like will they or won't they thing when Monel came back, even though Monel had a wife. And it was one of the more frustrating parts of the show, frankly, to me when I was watching it. And. Would you say you think that Captain Marvel would be in kind of like a similar dilemma? I think so. Now, I think they could also get around this by having Captain Marvel be asexual and just not being, like, interested in anybody sexually at all, which they could do. But, like, again, that's, like, not something I guess they want to, like, so, reach. So, so, in other words, they, by, they don't want to piss off anybody. And by doing that, they made something very, you know, just unsatisfactory and safe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are still going to look for subtext. Of course, it, of course, you know, they are. I'm sure there's going to already. I'm sure people are already slamming out fan fiction involving like singing orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know. I kind of feel like the MCU. There's been so much ink spilled about what a sexless franchise it is. Yeah. So I don't think you need to explicitly have a character be in a romance. It's just. I was trying to think of ways 
to give the character something to do because yeah. she does. I don't feel like the movies give her a lot. And I wasn't even vibing with Larson's performance in this one. I don't think I don't. I wasn't even like again. I didn't up what she was putting down. I didn't hate her performance. It's just that like it, it. It didn't feel like she she had a look on her face, and this is one of the oldest cliches. But like when we said earlier that she looked, you know, a little awkward. It's the thing of what's my motivation. <laughs> she had a little bit of like what's my motivation face through a lot of it, and you can feel like the Marvel people are off camera going your paycheck. <laughs> and I think you're right, Matt. I think what they were trying to go for is that she's socially awkward because she spends most of her time completely isolated in space, not interacting with other people. Like, I think that's what the movie was going for. I think they were going for she's socially awkward. But but she do maybe she doesn't play that too well. I think that there's not, like enough in the movie to really no. push that forward well well it's like well any moment you want to try to get into some stuff with the character suddenly it's like no no we got to now go do this and this and this and it's like a movie that is moving really fast like this is correct me if i'm wrong the shortest running time yep. this is the shortest run time for a marvel movie at 105 minutes and yet it's like what substantially have has gone on even though we are supposed to be met with like a world ending crisis but it, you're right it doesn't feel like that it's like there's the climax of this movie involves the villain supposedly like trying to suck up the energy of our son and then it's like well that happened yeah she's punching holes in space and time and Half of this movie is just people standing around exposition dumping about jump off points and entanglements. And that's what I said. It's just gibberish well, and it's totally weightless. Well, it also, I think, I mean, also we'll get to the talk about the post credit scene because uh, that's where I kind of did my Hail Mary hand holding up my hands. Like what? Like, they're they're obvious they're also while they're trying to make their own movie they're also trying you know tying this into the multiverse and that's i think also where it gets messy because it can't just be its own movie it has to also now you know it has to involve you know all you know so many other characters and I, and i get it but like what you said i think much earlier this is also a when you are announcing these movies years in advance and you, you know, and you're just like, well, now we got to get to this one. This is where like you can get into trouble. Yeah. And cause why, like, why do we need to have, yeah. Why do we need to have so much of what's in the story when we haven't had enough time with Carol Danvers to set this up? Why can't we just have a hangout movie with her? Yeah. And, Again, I said earlier, I like some of the Marvel movies that are just kind of light. I like all three of the Ant-Man movies. Thor Ragnarok, great. <laughs> like a top-tier Marvel movie. Um, before Taika Waititi like totally lost it on the next one. So I would have been totally open to it. But yeah, I want Miss Marvel just hanging out. That's what I want in a movie. Because I'm so into Miss Marvel. And... I so hate literally everything else, like with the yeah. fire of a thousand suns. I'm hoping maybe next time we'll get a lot more of her. I mean, was that so? That's what they were setting up at the end of this. She's building up like a team with uh, what's her name from Hawkeye? Kate Bishop, yeah. Kate Bishop. Now, did I read? I thought I read today that is Florence Pugh also going to be involved in that too? I mean, Thunderbolts. All right, but now are, are Miss Marvel and Kate Bishop also going to be in Thunderbolts? No, That's they're going to be Avengers, Young right? Avengers. Oh, oh, so oh, all right, so they're now part of the Avengers. Or Young Avengers, or they might be oh, champions young. or new oh, warriors. God. Pick, they have a lot oh, of God. teams they could throw around. Well, I think the other thing is again. I, I'm I'm exhausted hearing you say that. Again, when the product is, stre is stretched so thin, I think another problem is. 
you go too long <clears throat> without seeing the characters you really like. So, for mm. instance, I liked the Hawkeye TV show, like, a lot. I actually, I thought it was really good. And I really liked Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye TV yes. show. Like, I am a big fan of Kate Bishop. And so, I should have been really excited to see that last scene because I really like Kate Bishop. I really like Miss Marvel. But... I'm thinking to myself, okay, these are two characters that I really like that I'll see, what, like once every four or five years <laughs> going forward? I well, mean, we'll, we'll see what happens between, you know, now the strikes are over and Jonathan Majors and all kinds of things. Because because every there's so much product and it's spread so thin, I had basically forgotten that I actually really liked Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye TV show. <laughs> I thought she was a really good character who I really connected with when I watched that show. But I had basically forgotten she existed <laughs> until that scene. And then I'm like, oh, two characters I really like in the same scene together. Maybe I'll see them again in 2027. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't mind if, like, the other Marvels just, like, go off to their home planets. <laughs> um and because, as I said, I liked Monica in WandaVision, but I didn't connect with the right. character in this movie. All right. So we need to now, I, I got to bring up then the now the post credit scene because, you know, that is a good lead in. So this is how they introduced the X-Men. Well, I know they kind of did in Multiverse of Madness, but like. And also kind of in Miss Marvel, they said she's a mutant. So that was another thing. Ah. Uh, oh, shit. I, I, I forget that. Um. But it's just, it. I don't know why that felt like, I, were you excited by that scene? That was okay. <laughs> I just, it was just, re, it was, a, it would really threw me off that like, oh, or, yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess now we, yeah, we have the X-Men in this world. And, but it's also like, you're also making a reference to not only a character, but a performance that is from like 2006. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember. Remember Kelsey Grammer's Beast? I remember that. That's a thing I remember. That's what it felt like to me. Like it's like I don't really. I, that's supposed to make me excited for that. Like, why don't you have a new actor as Beast? Because it's exactly like No Way Home. We're just recycling all the old oh, actors. But but I know. But we've done that. I'm sick of that. You're gonna keep. Because <laughs> I know no one's ever really gone. Ugh. I don't know if they were. Did good you have any thought on that scene? I was you, so I, dead inside <laughs> by the time we got there. Um, I thought if you're gonna resurrect um, dated references, just go full meme and have I'm the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> yes, I still can do that. But no, I. Here's the thing: the scene. You know how you really no. You know how you fuck with them. Have Elliot Page as Kitty Pride show up. That will really like set the internet on fire. <laughs> but no, I was said I had already died inside by the time we got to that point. And then I thought to myself, are they really going to be able to do the X Men right if it's just one of like twenty things they got going on? I've I've seen what like. Four or five good X-Men movies in my life. Like, I've had a decent run. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like somebody that's now gone through the comics. <laughs> I like Matt knows what I mean. Well, no. It, no, I guess it's four. Because I like two of the three Brian Singer X-Men. And then I like two of the three new trilogy. Wait, wait, wait. Two of the... I like three of the... For Brian Singer. Wait, which ones am I? Well, he did X Men One, X Men Two, and then uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know Brian Singer made any of the second yeah trilogy of yeah. X Men movies. Days of Future that. Past is really good. Yeah, so I feel like I've had a good run with the X Men. Like we've had some fun together. It's been, it's been good. But but Corey, why else would you know you, you're gonna make all the fans like now? Disney has Fox. Now they have the X-Men. We get more X-Men forever and ever. I don't know. 
I love. I know we kind of went off track, but like, it's just it's an interesting thing. Okay, and you people, the thing that you missed out not being comic nerds is that or not Universe Maria Rambeau is binary, which was Carol Danvers' name after she stopped being the original Miss Marvel, and she was hanging out with the X Men and the Star Jammers. So that was why they had in her, uh, the alternate version of her mom hanging out with Beast. Well, well, so so in other words, the version of Rambeau in the X Men is what, Carol Danvers. No, no, I mean she has the the, the powers of Carol Danvers because she's binary, oh, who is uh, another alias of Carol Danvers from the comics. Okay. It's a multiverse thing. I wish I wish the people could see <laughs> the video of your face. I, I have. I'm like the meme of. Uh, of John C. Riley as uh, Dr. Steve Brule when he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Remember in, in Multiverse of Madness, they had Maria was also Captain Marvel in that universe, and she's Captain Marvel in this universe oh, also. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But see, that's another thing is that in the comics, um, Carol Danvers, you know, spends a lot of time on Earth as a member of the Avengers, and then after she left the Avengers, she spent a lot of time with the X-Men. So you actually had her interacting with characters on a regular basis and forming relationships and interactions, yeah. unlike the movie unlike character, this. who is off in space being solitary and right. not having any, like, you know, engagement with yeah. anybody, which makes her character and, flatter. And, yeah, and as we said, too, and I don't want to keep repeating ourselves because we should probably wrap things up soon, but, like, if if you didn't have to, if you if this didn't have that whole Hala plot, and if you just made it about the characters, if you made it about uh, Carol Danvers is this awkward loner and she suddenly has to come out of her shell by interacting with Miss Marvel, with Monica Rambeau, I think, and, and you know, you could set the whole thing on the planet. Like, I know you just wanted Miss Marvel on the sing, on the singing planet, but we could have all three of them and it could be like a movie about like, you know, Girls getting in touch with their feelings, and you know, granted, you probably couldn't spend two hundred million dollars on that, but like, at least you'd have like a different movie. Oh, and you know, the, the funny thing is, like, you probably didn't notice. I mean, I don't know what you know, please in the first movie they had the supreme intelligence, but you only saw the supreme intelligence by how they were interacting with people's minds, you didn't actually see the real supreme intelligence. So I was wondering, well, why aren't they gonna show us the real supreme intelligence? And this movie, we get to see the real supreme intelligence for like 10 seconds, and then Carol blows up and walks away. And, like, and like, of course, and it's so like badly like inter like it's it's badly set up. So if you don't remember the first movie, well, you wrote really yeah. the supremer is like you know the person that was talking to everybody, the villain of the last movie, and yeah. it was such a big deal. Like you think, okay, that should be like the big crux of the movies, fighting the supreme intelligence directly. But like, no, it happened like while you were out, and yeah, that's a good on. point. Yeah, they could have made that the crux of the movie instead of like. You know, sad holla girl trying to get, like, magic bracelet. Well, you told us in the parking lot that the actress who played this bargain basement villain <laughs> is Zoe Ashton's wife. And then I, I said to you, that explains I a mean, lot. Have, I don't think I've... Have I seen her in anything? She was involved with Buzzsaw. Oh, but, I didn't like the but, movie either. Wait, Buzzsaw? Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, Velvet Buzzsaw. I didn't like the movie. Um, yeah. I don't remember her in it, but yeah. you know how they have like Nepo babies? She's a Nepo wife. <laughs> I mean, she had a career before she married him. Did she? Yes. Oh, you just told me she was in Velvet Buzzsaw. Yes. <laughs> um, so she was in that before she married him. Yeah. So she married him recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this isn't a good example of her talents because she's, again, playing super one-dimensional. I'm like sad and tortured and you should feel sad for me in a way, but I don't you know, have enough there. Yeah. In fairness to the actress, yeah. I I loved like just being snotty in the parking lot because I hated <laughs> no. this movie so much, but the script gave her no. absolutely nothing yeah. to work with. Yeah, you're fairness. right. Now that I think of it, now, yeah, now I like this movie a little less now that I know that. Yeah, like, why did they make the Supreme Intelligence the, the villain of the movie more? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fuck ups. All right. So I think we can wrap things up. Almost, because I think we've covered a lot. I mean, I, I know we didn't talk enough about the cats because the, you know, the, the the cat stuff is like the highlight of the movie. 
And, you know, it's a very funny set piece trying to rescue, you know, where they're able to rescue everyone, you know, by, you know, cats like sucking them up with their, you know, HP Lovecraft tentacles. Um, but yeah, I, I give this a, I, I give this a, uh, nah, you know, wait for Disney plus if you really have to, but I'm not like that thrilled about this movie except for, you know, for a couple little moments but like yeah like this kind of ranks with like shang chi and love and thunder and you know uh for incredible hulk i told you i was pining for shang chi during this movie and those who know me well know i really didn't like shang chi but i don't think shang chi is a good movie but shang chi is a coherent film with like a beginning a middle an end a plot a purpose. It's not good. The lead character is boring. The CGI is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good movie, but this, I'm not like, it really doesn't feel like a movie. It, it doesn't feel like a director made any kind of impression on it either. Like even with Shang-Chi, at least you could kind of tell, well, this director kind of cares about some of the iconography. Like, I don't know what Nia DaCosta thinks about any of this. I don't, cause, I don't understand what this movie was trying to achieve, like, at a basic level. Something like Shang-Chi, I don't think it's a good movie. I think the director failed in executing. But I at least understand what the movie was trying to do. Yeah. I legitimately, I'm so glad I don't have to see a Marvel movie for, like, a long time after this, right? Then the ne- Well, the next one's Deadpool 3. Um, Unless you decide to go in on the... Uh, the the Sony Spider uh, World movies and you know get some of that Craven the Hunter and wait isn't there a movie is it Madam Web or something There's a Madam Web movie coming eventually whatever that is this is the kind of I thought this movie was such an embarrassment I was like burn it down and salt well, the earth well, no sp- more MCU well especially after you know Grant we've had some you know misses this year but after Guardians three and Across the Spider Verse. You got to try harder. Yeah. You, like there are other people showing you can really, you know, still put in the work and get something really interesting if you really are trying. And I feel like I'm pretty soft in my evaluation of these movies. I like most of them. I like MCU movies that nobody else likes. I don't think I'm that harsh no. on these movies as a general rule, but <clears throat> I just couldn't believe the laziness. Yeah. On display here. It was not as well put together as Blue Beetle. You can tell that there was uh, not uh, yeah. a lot of like love and attention put in. No, it. no, and I think what's well, and I, I know I want you to get your final thoughts, Matt. I think the other thing too with Blue Beetle is you at least get like the, when things are a little more personal, you get a good sense of things. This movie, if it tries to have anything personal, it's just very shallow, and I don't really buy it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything else, Dad? Um, I like Flurkins, and like, <laughs> I'm easy, Mark. Like, I'm not gonna hold like too much against this movie. Like, I enjoyed like an hour and a half. It wasn't the best hour and a half of my life, but you know, I'm not gonna hold a grudge against it. I'm. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, if you have more, if you guys have mar- the Marvels thoughts, uh, e- email us wages of cinema. At gmail.com, uh, you know, we're on uh, Facebook, we're on the Instagram, uh, not too much on the formerly known as Twitters, but occasionally. Uh, Matt, where can you be found? I have a blog, mattthecatania.wordpress.com. Yes, and uh, we'll come back eventually, maybe for not as long of a hiatus next time, uh, you know, but until then, I am Jack. I am Trash Pandacory. I'm Matt. And the wage of cinema is... Depressed hub. (laughs) (laughs) The wage of cinema is a trip into the sun. Good night.